Hi, I'm Jenny. Welcome to Free Failing. This is a podcast where I talk to my friends about things that make us feel weird or like everyone else has it all figured out. Today's episode four. I am solo today and we're going to talk about social media. I have wanted to do this episode since I started this podcast because I have a lot of love, hate, addiction, just a lot of issues with social media in general. And I think that a lot of people can probably relate to that struggle. So we're just going to touch on some things that I feel like are common issues with social media and how to navigate them because it's clearly not going anywhere. So how can we make that a better experience or a less toxic environment? So let's get into it. Welcome to the social media episode. So as I mentioned, I am coming at you solo today. I got to be honest, the hardest part of this podcast so far has probably been recruiting my friends to be guests. Uh, I heard this great quote from Neil Brennan, who was quoting Chris Rock, and he said, no one wants to live on another person's schedule. And that really sums up why I've decided to bite the bullet and do this one alone. At the end of the day, this is my passion project. Nobody else's. Um, and I've been avoiding doing the podcast by myself because fear, terror, judgment, etc. So I'm partly here to face those fears and partly because I simply cannot harass my friends any longer. So uh, in the context of social media, I'm mostly talking about Instagram. Most of us are on it. And if you are on it, good for you. What's it like to have an attention span? I have used Instagram for both good and evil today. I will talk about both of those. So let's let's get into it. First up, just start right away with the worst thing possible. And that is, or not the worst thing possible, but in my opinion, one of the one of my biggest offenses in air quotes using Instagram is passive aggressive or indirect communication. Listen, this does not just apply to Instagram. This dates back to my MySpace bio, my MySpace song, Facebook status. What's on your mind? I know this is not just me. I know other people do this and it's not a good look. It's so terrible. I mean, even going back as far as like Pinterest, is Pinterest still around? I can remember like posting just so much like passive aggressive stuff for like family to see or just because we're just no one communicates directly right i don't know so if you don't use instagram in this unhealthy way congratulations and for those who don't i will explain what it is and just for the sake of how much i love to humiliate myself let's say hypothetically there is one person a couple people that continuously engage with your account, mostly in stories, right? Because that's where all of the terribleness lies is stories. But, well, let me rephrase. I feel like that's where a lot of our anonymity is. Stories are temporary. They go away. They're not forever. I, I don't know what it is, but in any event, honestly, it's usually an ex, an ex-relationship of some sort, even like an ex-friendship. 
people who are not in your life anymore, but still are actively viewing your stories. And so we all want to like put our best life forward, especially when it comes to exes. I don't think I'm revealing any big secret here. And so what better way, you know, to show your ex the abundance of all of your greatness than to put together Jenny's Greatest Hits, volumes one through 50, right? And the obvious thing is like the thirst trap. Look how hot I am. And what's the real point of that? I don't know. I talk about thirst traps later, but effectively... I can only speak for myself. Sadly, I do wish I was speaking for more people. I hope that I am, actually. It's just a bid for connection, right? You just want, you want to be seen. Maybe you want a response. Maybe you want a like. Maybe you want a reaction. You can also get more indirect. I have been known to post very specific things that only one human would recognize, right? And in hindsight, (laughs) it feels like everyone else was probably knew that this is some specific thing. Okay, now, like this version of myself, I would call the behavior creepy, right? Because anything that you're posting in your stories for this audience of one or whoever it's for, it changes nothing. It doesn't change your relationship. It doesn't change your level of communication. What it does, or at least what it did for me, I think, not sure. I think what happens is that when you lose a friendship or a boyfriend or somebody that you talk to on on a regular basis that maybe you miss or that you enjoyed talking to, when you see their little thumbnail face in your story views, it's like the only connection that you maybe have with this person. And that little dopamine hit feels good. It does. Uh, But then it goes away. And then you have to start all over. Now, I'm only comfortable saying all of this. I'm not comfortable, let's be clear. But I'm only saying all of this because I know that other people have engaged in this wildly unflattering behavior. Case in point, I'm going to tell you another story that really was sadly very comforting to me. It just confirmed that I was not suffering from this terminal uniqueness in my bids for connection, right? So a friend told me, about a tactic that she had heard from another friend. Now, right away, I know this setup sounds suspect. Okay, I can assure you, I am not the friend. Although, I can't say I wouldn't have done this if I had thought about it first. A quick interjection here in case you aren't familiar with the feature on Instagram of close friends. The way it works is you select certain people who can see stories that you post to the specific close friends group. Very importantly, the viewer cannot see who else is in this group. So the tactic was, this friend would make a close friends group, but the group only included her ex-boyfriend. Then, this friend would get all dolled up, 
up and post her hot, thirsty photos in this group of one and maybe even make a reference like hashtag date not okay so there was no date she wasn't going anywhere and listen no judgment no judgment my bids for connection are so close to that honestly if i would have thought about the close friends thing i can 100 percent assure you i would have done some shit like that like without question but the point of the story isn't judgment. The point of the story is to say, this is the lengths that we're going through for visibility and to be seen and to be validated and wanted or just know that someone is still interested enough so that they know that their little thumbnail is popping up on your views. It's really, it's wild. Maybe this is a really common thing that a very common ploy on Instagram, or maybe it's like, oh my God, that's so old. People have been doing that forever. That's possible. I'm very old. I do not know all of the tricks and things. And there's probably, I don't really want to use the word worse. There's probably more excessive ones. If you have experienced something like this or know of behavior like this that would be amusing or that you would like to share, please leave it in the comments of this um, if you're watching on YouTube or DM me on Instagram and tell me your story. I can promise you there will be absolutely no judgment. This is coming from someone who like would post burritos in a bid for connection. Like my ex was suddenly going to DM me like, oh, you also like burritos. Like definitely let's give this thing another go. You know, like just no judgment. Send me your embarrassing stories. Um, so like I said earlier, all of this sounds excessive, but I do get it. Human connection is a very strong pull. And you know, that little thumbnail is a little baby dopamine hit. So aside from trying to titillate your ex into a response about how hot you look, and let's all agree not to do that anymore. Yeah, it's 2023. We are validating ourselves. Thank you. There's also the aspect of consuming content. Now, to be fair, I don't watch a lot of stories or reels. I don't know if that's because I'm right outside the TikTok era. I didn't make a TikTok. I don't know. For whatever reason, I have never really gotten into consuming videos. And I think that that is just a happy accident because obviously the algorithm and they're all it's all addicting right but instead i prefer to make content uh, rather than watch content and if that sounds healthy i can assure you it is not because what happens after i make the content is i then rely on how it's performing for guess you guessed it validation and this is not only fundamentally unhealthy, it actually really adversely affects my mental health. Little side note here, some real talk. I'm currently in what I would call my isolation era. I didn't really mean to get here on, on purpose, but during COVID, I was calling it solitude, and I would say that it was. Um, I was very creative, and we were on lockdown, and I took up a lot of outdoor hobbies. COVID's over right? Mostly, unless you're immunocompromised. But 
we're all back out into our normal lives. And the thing is, if you are in your mid 40s and all of your friends either have kids or live in other states, then you understand my plight of how challenging making new friends is. It is a struggle. Making new friends in your 40s will be an entire episode um, because it needs to be discussed. But I tell you that to say, while in this era, the pull for connection on Instagram is stronger. Um, It's a little bit of a double-edged sword for me. And I'll give you another example. So last week, there's this account. She has a ton of followers. You might know it. It's called um, The Holistic Psychologist. Her name is Dr. Nicole Pamperla. She's amazing. And I made a comment on one of her posts. And the comment got a lot of attention. And so what happened is a lot of people engaged with it. They related to it. They Some people thanked me. They asked me if I could elaborate more. Ultimately, they felt heard and seen because I had shared something that is normally not discussed, ta- very taboo, super stigmatized. I'll just say the post was about emotionally unavailable parents and how to navigate that. And I made the comment about having gone not, no contact with my um, birth mother in 2016 and how, I guess, just it's it's the whole like, oh, but it's your mom is the crazy but very strong argument from most people when you say you've gone no contact. And anyway, that that is its own also episode, just sidebar. But that was what my comment was about, was sharing my story about yes, you can try to repair or you can try to just keep being treated that way. Or here's what I did with the help of my therapist and it's worked out really well for me. And and so a lot of people related and commented and it's importantly, it's one of the only high engaging comments where no one responded negatively. And if you know Instagram or the internet at all, that's very unlikely and almost never happens. Um, Not one person said anything bad. So in that regard, I felt like, wow, this is like connecting me to people in a really good way, right? Now, on the other hand, in the trailer to this podcast, I make a joke that says, if you thought you would be crushing it as an adult by now, but instead find yourself in the double digits of screen time, this is the podcast for you. Now, when I made that trailer, I was absolutely joking. I had never actually had double digits. It was an exaggeration of a real problem, right? Uh, But then last Sunday, my screen time was 11 hours. Let's just have a moment of silence for that. And it really unlocked a new level of shame for me. And here's the thing. I know that I shouldn't feel shame about that because, not to get too in the weeds here, but what is shame? Shame is, I am bad. Guilt is, I did something bad. So am I a bad person because I had an excessive screen day? Of course not. Should I look at the behavior and try to dissect how I can engage in other things that don't involve my phone? Obviously, yes, clearly. 
But it is interesting that it. I immediately, for a couple days after that, definitely wallowed in, well, you're clearly a terrible person. That's why you don't have any friends. And just, it was the negative self-talk, which is, it was raging. So those are like the two, my very two excessive angel devil examples of Instagram, right? There's also the very, very big problem. And I, I know this is a lot worse for kids, teenagers, especially teenage girls, right? There's a ton of data available on this, but Instagram social media is wrought for comparison. As I've said before, I largely started my blog to make it a low light reel as a counterpoint for all of the perfectly curated feeds that I was seeing. So I wanted to be really honest about how I was failing. It like it was on my phone 11 hours on Sunday or hey, it's really hard. Whatever. I wanted to just bring some reality to these feeds that we all see just shiny, happy people who look like they have it together every day, all the time. And we know that that's not reality, but what we see would lead us to believe otherwise. So let's back up for a second so that I can clarify. I am an absolute offender here in the only showing you my happy filters and I have posted an onslaught of, look at me, look how great I'm doing, right? And to some degree, I still do. Uh, I'll share one particularly true and terrible story. Uh, Way back in like Instagram's infancy, I don't know when it came out, but it was like 2014 or 13, maybe. Um, I went on vacation with my ex-husband and we stayed at a nice hotel and I made a post where A... I obviously tagged the hotel because staying in a nice place. Uh, Visibility. Look where I'm staying. And here's where it gets bad. Uh, We happen to have a desk full of shiny new Apple products. Like we just both happen to have all of our stuff on this desk because charging and whatever. And I, of course, thought it would be a great idea to post a picture of the desk with all the gadgets. Now, why did I do this? I'm honestly asking. I mean, I know why. Same reason that I posted my engagement ring or views of our backyard that show, hey, we live on a golf course or the fancy car that I bought or a litany, just a bullshit that screamed, look how great I'm doing. Big keeping up with Jones's vibes, right? And this is the whole thing. Again, also a double-edged sword. I love the notion of celebrating our wins. I was sober for 30 days and I like glammed myself up and made a post about it, right? Like I love celebrating our wins and life and love and all of it. If I bought a house tomorrow, which is incredibly unlikely, if I bought a house tomorrow, of course I'm posting the cheesy pose with my realtor and the big cardboard key, like a hundred percent. I have before. It's just that by only highlighting these things. We're painting an unrealistic snapshot of what people perceive as our everyday life. And in turn, that has the potential to make other people feel less than. 
I think this is something that affects all of us. Like you see someone in the Maldives and you haven't taken a vacation in five years or you see a happy plaid family in a photo shoot and your last IVF treatment didn't work. You see a lengthy appreciation post from a wife to a husband and you think, why doesn't my partner post things like this about me? So we're all hardwired to make it about us when, of course, nothing on our feed actually has anything to do with us. Quick side note here, and I I hope this is common knowledge by now, but if you follow an account, even if it's a good friend and the posts make you feel bad, you are allowed to mute them. You don't have to get all dramatic and unfollow or block anybody, but maybe a little 30-day mute just to tidy up your feed and see how it feels. Uh, Anyway, I have no answers at all for the hellscape that is social media. I am a wild contributor to both sides. I'm just trying to have this little tiny corner where I will show myself crying or show myself making bad decisions. We'll talk about my, my first tattoo another time. Or that I make the same decision repeatedly or that I don't have anything figured out. That's the only personal contribution I think I can make. Like last last week, Sunday, the 11 hour day, I made a series of stories where I talked into the camera, which is something I don't normally do, but I was telling the story about my car or whatever. And I used a filter on my face. And I even said in the first in the first, um, I'm so sorry, I'm so old. What are they called? In the first, whatever, post. I don't know. I don't know what they're called. The very first story in a series of stories. I said, oh, I love this filter. I'm feeling really insecure today. And then in true overthinker fashion, like six hours later, I came back on barefaced, right out of the shower, no makeup. And I was like, I have some big feelings about having posted with a filter on my face because I'm like this message of authenticity and showing up as your real self and are both approaches authentic? Is it authentic to A, say, hey, I was feeling insecure, so who cares? I used a filter. That was me being authentic. Or is it inauthentic to use the filter because I was feeling insecure. I'm more inclined to think the latter, but I have a little bit of hope for the former. Um, So the answer is, I don't know, but I am trying to show authentically here just in an effort that maybe some 18 year old who doesn't know their place in the world can see someone who's 44 years old also not know their place in the world. And maybe that's helpful. For some reason, I don't know why. Um, okay. That is it. That was hard to do alone. That was hard to do. I don't want to do that again. I will continue to harass my friends to be guests with me. If you have stories or uh, anything related to something you heard today, please connect with me on, you guessed it, social media. My handle is below if you're watching on YouTube, otherwise at free underscore failing, or you can shoot me an email at jen.freefailing at gmail.com. Be gentle with yourself as you go forth into the proverbial slot machine of dopamine that is social media. Remember, just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true. Bye!